When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you feeling for Nick? He can't get on the field. It looks like he's had another setback with that Achilles. Have you been in touch with him or what's your vibe? Yeah, no, I've been in touch with him and I'll definitely feel for him. Um, let's just hope that you know, he can get back out there. You know, he's, a, he's a dual Australian and we know what he can do. So um, I can't wait to see him get back. That was Fremantle's Michael Walters on Scotty and Goss for breakfast yesterday talking about his good friend from Bushby Street in Midvale, Nick Natanui. My next guest, or my first guest today, Jordan McArdle from the West Australian. Geordie, welcome to the show. Morning, Darth. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you, mate. I'm going to ask you right off the top, are we going to see Nick Natanui again on an AFL field? Oh, it's looking tougher and tougher, isn't it? I saw him at training a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, he was obviously training away from the main group, and he could, could barely get get off the ground. That was, you know, one of his real strengths, wasn't his ability to to really leap in that ruck contest and and get off the ground. And that uh, didn't look like it was going to happen anytime soon. So yeah, it's not not all surprising that he's back um, back TBC to be honest, because um, yeah, five five to six weeks last week. Felt a little bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, it's just, I guess, frustrating from a, a West Coast point of view that they, they couldn't figure this out, you know, a week or so earlier and, and potentially add someone in the mid-season draft or add a, add a second player in the mid-draft. Yeah, it's, it's been a nice fit and was obviously still available. Uh, well, that, you were talking about Jack Buller? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the interesting one, isn't it? Jack Buller slid through right to the end of the draft, had West Coast taken the second pick, or even just given themselves the option of taking the second pick in case there was someone that fit their needs available. Jack Buller would have been there for them. I'm not sure how keen they were on Jack Buller, but the mail we were getting was that he was one of the ones they were having a really good look at. I know they flew a team of recruiters to South Australia for the state game um, to have a look at him in in that match. So, hey, um, Jordan Dugowie, three weeks, enough? I thought four was was probably the appropriate penalty, but I think um, think everyone's just happy it's it's over. It's been a, a bit of a crazy few days with the... With the Jordan Bagoey Circus, hasn't it? I think West Coast should be glad it's it's over. I think um, I think Collingwood, I think Jordan Bagoey, I think obviously Elijah Hewitt as well. He's been in the been in the spotlight and obviously battling a concussion issue from from the incident as well. So I think every party would just be glad it's over. It's just felt it like it's been been dragging on for quite a while now. It has, yeah. It's a. Uh, it felt to me like a four week um, suspension, but I'm a little bit biased because I think if you're going to be maximising penalties for dangerous tackles, I think you also have to maximise penalties for head-high bumps. Um, you know, it was going to be three or four. It was never going to be five. It was never going to be two. Um, but um, but three feels like – it just feels like a weak light for me. I think so, yeah. I think Collingwood um, would be very happy with, with getting away with the – the lesser penalty is what they wanted heading into the tribunal last night. They uh, they certainly tried everything they could, didn't they? They even said the external noise was um, you know it should be factored in as extra punishment itself. So 
Yeah, um, they, they pulled out all the stops. That's and... a great. That, that's the greatest load of bulldust I've ever heard. I mean, he should have got. An, <laughs> he, he should have got an extra week just for them trying to lay that on. And and the, they said the, they they said the media coverage of this. I mean, please, like it's on camera. The entire nation saw it. You know, they they saw what he did. It's not a dog act. It's a bad split second decision. But. Let's not kid ourselves. What the media is supposed to pretend they didn't see it, just for Jordan Degoe's sake, in case there's any sort of like mental hardship that caused caused to him for it. You know, the, he wasn't actually the guy that got concussed in the incident. It was the other bloke. Yeah, I, I feel for Elijah Hewitt more than anything. He's um, you know he's been dragged into this more than more than he should. He's you know an 18 year old kid in his know, fifth game of footy, and yeah, he copped a obviously a, a, a brutal bump. And, Teammates really remember that either, so you know. Hopefully, he's feeling okay and he um, he bounces back quickly from this concussion. So, so what did you make of that? The the hoo ha about the notion that West Coast didn't remonstrate enough. To me, I looked at the way Elliot Yo played in quarters two and three while he before he ran out of puff, and I thought, well, that's the right way to respond to this. He looked a bit angry. Um, he went and won contested ball. He he pushed the Collingwood players around a bit in pursuit of the ball. I, I didn't think they needed a brawl as a result of what happened to Elijah Hewitt. And because it was in general play, I, I got the feeling that a lot of them wouldn't have seen it anyway. They would have been following the ball and, and not been completely um, cognizant of what had happened to Hewitt until um, Adam Simpson spoke to him at quarter time. It would have been nice to see something, I guess, not not a full-on brawl, but just, um, you know, just saying, just because he's such a, you know, such a, a young kid and it just, just didn't look great, did it, live? So... Um, yeah, it would have been nice to say something a little more, but maybe not too extreme, not uh, not suspension worthy anyway. Because the uh, the Eagles injury list is is growing to nearly a full team. I think I I saw a graphic last night of a a full ground team of of now injured Eagles. So um, yeah, a couple more suspensions is the the last thing they need. They've obviously already get, got Liam Duggan suspended this weekend, so it's probably for the best that they uh, they didn't have anyone in a brawl. What's your mail on Liam Duggan? Taken to hospital on Monday night. I believe he spent another night in hospital last night. Um, and the club believes he will be okay to play after the bye. But it's a medical issue, not a football issue. They've stressed that. And so they're keeping the reasons for his hospitalisation private. Um, but but what are you hearing? Well, we see it was an interesting one because he was, was at training the other day and um, and left the track early but nothing you know nothing too obvious or anything along those lines so um yeah hopefully hopefully he's okay obviously must be knocked about pretty badly to um to to not be able to um give evidence of the the tribal you know hearing and that sort of thing last night so um yeah you still there Jordy? they've probably got straight after that as well, don't they? So that gives him um, obviously a little bit of breathing space. Yeah, I think they had a window where they had to decide whether if he wasn't going to play anyway, what was the point of challenging the ban at the tribunal? And if he was going to struggle to give evidence, again, what was the point of uh, of challenging at the tribunal? So it was probably a time frame thing as much as anything. Again, I was assured by a club official um, that this is not a long-term thing in terms of Liam's health issue, but it is uh, something that has required his uh, hospitalisation in the short term. Ryan Marrick, Adam Simpson said they actually considered playing him in the AFL last week. Now, he played in the waffle. He had some nice early touches, kicked a goal, and then the ball was basically down the other end to where he was for the rest of the game against Swan Districts. Is there any chance, given that West Coast lost four players in that game against Collingwood, 
and they might only have two or three coming back. Is there any chance that Ryan Marrick plays for West Coast against Adelaide this week? Oh, absolutely. You, you look at the six players that they had running around the Waffle last week, they're all very raw, aren't they? There's, there's True, Chesser, Barnett, Williams, Dewar and Ryan Marrick. So um, what would that be? About five five senior games between the two of them, maybe oh, maybe ten if you we got True, Chesser and uh, and Williams are the only three that have played AFL out of those two. So um, I think Harry Barnett was probably the, the best of that bunch. So um, I wouldn't mind seeing another... Another week in the waffle for for Marrick. I mean, he's only been in the uh, only been in the state less than a week, so it'd be uh, yeah, it'd be a hell of a rise to um, to play AFL. Hello, Geordie. You still uh, there? Sorry, mate. Can you hear us? Yeah, you just cut out for a, for a, for oh. a tick there. Um, yeah, I I think you're right. I think you want Ryan Marrick to be set up to succeed, not to set up to fail. And you get the feeling that while. It would make a great story for us if he's running around against Adelaide at Adelaide Oval on Saturday. It probably isn't the best outcome for, for the young bloke, is it? No, I don't think so. I think it'll knock about his confidence a, a fair amount. So we're playing in a, a waffle side that, that loses by significant margins, but I think it's the, the best case that he uh, you know gets at least one or two more weeks in the the waffle to you know build his build his fitness and, and form and that sort of thing. Otherwise, yeah, you're, you're not going to be out with his confidence that that little bit too much, and um, yeah, you don't really want to rush him in if you if you don't have to. Jordy, uh, the state 18 start their campaign in the national championships in Adelaide at Theberton Oval. I think you've got some South Australian links, have you? Where the hell's Theberton Oval, um, and um, and how are they going to go? Yeah, I think they'll they'll go okay. They've got um, you know quite a bit of top end talent. You look at the four academy kids they've got, and they're all uh, all really good good talents there. In, in Mitch Edwards, he's the big two hundred and seven centimetre ruck. So yeah, he he led WA's under 18s ruck last year as a bottom major. That's how well he was going. Um, their big man stocks actually look pretty good. They're going to struggle to fit them all in. Cohen Livingston, um, he's a West Coast. Academy prospect, the nephew of Chance Bateman. Um, he's another one. He was actually squeezed out for their last trial game for between one of those against the Allies this weekend. Um, Dan Curtin's another talent to keep an eye out for. He's been playing mainly as a key forward and through the midfield for Claremont, but uh, Ben Dyer will almost certainly put him down back. He played at, at centre half back. Um, against one Districts last weekend. Um, speaking of Ben Dyer earlier in the week, he, he likes their half-back line of, of Curtin, Hein Baston and, um, and Riley Hardiman, who's another one of the uh, AFL Academy kids. So um, that's certainly one area that, that he's pretty bullish about. Um, the small forward stocks is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, Robert Hanson Jr. was part of the State a and squad because he was still young enough. Um, then obviously goes pick two in the, the mid-season draft last week. So um, they've been trialling Aidan O'Driscoll as a as a second small forward alongside Lance Collard. So um, obviously a familiar name there, the, the younger brother of Emma and Nathan, who are both at the Dockers. So yeah, he's one to keep an eye out for. He play, probably does his best work on a wing, but just purely from a needs basis, they're, they're giving him a crack as a small forward. I, I certainly like Lance Collard as well. He's, um, he's part of West Coast. Academy, and I think he'd be in the top uh, two or three leading goal kickers 
um, in the Waffle Colts competition as well. He's got good speed, good defensive pressure, and that real bit of X factor about him as well. So uh, I'm sure West Coast fans will be hoping that he doesn't go too well so they can snap him up outside of the, the top 40 protected zone. And, um, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a beauty. Yeah, I think the NGA rules in the draft have become a bit of a nonsense, haven't they? Like, if anyone's any good, we can't get them. That's basically what they're telling us. Um, you know, um, <laughs> Motlop should be at Fremantle, really, shouldn't he? Yeah, it is a, a really frustrating one, wasn't it? I think they, after the Jamara Yugel Hagen year off the, off the top of my head, because um, there was probably a bit of frustration from, from rival clubs. But, yeah, I don't like it. They're, they're, you know, these clubs are putting a lot of time to develop these kids from, um, you know, Indigenous and, and multicultural pathways and, there's been a lot of good stories out of it. You look at someone like a Brandon Walker. He's been flying for, for Fremantle. He was obviously off their, their academy list. So, um, you know, Joel Weston was on there for a while. Liam Henry um, is obviously still on the list and stuff like that as well. So I think there's a lot of fantastic stories from from the academies. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it is, uh, it's getting tougher and tougher for these clubs to keep them. So if you had to name the five top, WA prospects in this team, the the first five that will get read out on draft night, who would you be picking? I'm guessing Curtin and Edwards would be two of them. Who who are the other three? Yeah, I think Kurt, I'd say Edwards one, Curtin two at this stage, but I, I genuinely think could be could be either way by the end of the season. Um, probably Stolstrip three, um, a utility out of, of Subiaco, who's obviously played quite a bit of league footy already and did the uh, did a tagging job on Jai Bolton, I think, in about his second or third game. So that shows how highly Bo Wardman and the, the Subiaco camp rate him. I think Rob... I think Geordie was telling me that Riley Hardiman was going to be his fourth pick and uh, he's gone, I would say. It's probably time for us to take some news anyway. So let's take some news and we'll be back with more after the break.